Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It's Groundhog Day. Yes, it is Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024. I don't know what the damn rat saw shadow-wise. I don't care. It's care that it's Friday. That's the glorious part of it. Welcome to it. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast. Check out the Week in and Review tonight at midnight or one minute after patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Five bucks a month. And while you're there, sign up to enter the contest to win an autographed book from Buzz Aldrin. That's right. Edwin, I think it's Edwin Buzz Aldrin. I think that's right. But it's Buzz Aldrin now. So check it out. Support the program. Spread the word and all of that good stuff. And I ain't going to keep you any longer than I have to. Let us get started with the show so we can get started with the weekend. There is a lot going on. We have a bunch of things to talk about. We're going to cover as much as we humanly possibly can. And I have to come and I have to be the skunk at the garden party right off the start. Why? 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 Well, I have to be the skunk at the garden party because I believe it. It's, <laughs> that's just the simple answer. Yesterday up on Capitol Hill, cons- well, everybody was getting Democrats were going after them. Republicans were going after them. It's not very often you see bipartisanship. In Washington, D.C., but boy, howdy, we had it in spades yesterday when they always say Mark Zuckerberg and other tech CEOs. You can tell that the other tech CEOs, they don't care. Like They don't matter. The big scalp in the room was Zuckerberg. And so you you watch this garbage up on Capitol Hill. And you go, what are you talking about? What garbage? Well... A lot of people on the right are wildly excited about the senators, members of the House, mostly senators going after Mark Zuckerberg and other tech CEOs. Like the the CEO of Snapchat was there, CEO of TikTok was up there. They aren't the big fish. It is meta. It is Mark Zuckerberg. And what you end up with is a whole bunch of posturing. I know it's not popular to say these people are the devil, these people are evil, these people are... Bl-. These people created a product that you are under no obligation to use. You're free to not use it. Does face... Do they suck? Do they change too much? Do they invade? Yes. All of that. All the complaints about social media have some validity, okay? All well and good, fine. But use of those is voluntary. You're not required to participate. You don't have to sign up. And you can do what I do, lie to them. You sit there and you listen to these people, and, well, they just mine all your personal information. They're not mining it. You're giving it to them, right? You sign up. You give them your date of birth. You give them your real name. Sometimes you give them your phone number or your your address. You tell them where you went to school, how much schooling you got, where you work, all of this crap. You're giving it to them. They're not busting into your house and rifling through your secret files. 
I realize it's an unpopular opinion, but my God, they, uh, it's like inviting the burglar into your home. It's like throwing your wallet at the identity thief. And all they're doing, by the way, is sending ads in your direction. Right now, too many ads, garbage ads. Yeah, you'll, I'm all in, on board with that. I get that. It's annoying. Facebook used to be a place where I go to, uh, you know, catch up with friends, have interactions with human beings, the timeline. Remember when your, your status was in the first person and it was a statement or in third person and a statement to the world and you could have interactions with people. I used to do movie quote Thursdays on there. I think it was Thursday. But all this stuff, all this interaction. Then they kept changing their algorithm. Now their feed is like 90% videos that are, you know, kind of hypnotic if you go down the rabbit hole, but it's nobody I know involved in them. It's a whole bunch of very attractive young women who seem to think that the only way they're ever going to get attention is to show skin. Maybe it is. I don't know. They might not be that bright. And then a whole bunch of people who do some really clever comedy or some, you know, curation of worksite disaster video. You just go down this hole and you're like, this is, eh, I could spend 20 minutes doing this, watching this stuff. It's pretty funny. And I just recently, I'd heard of it, but I'd never seen it. I recently discovered that Mr. Beast, and I'm fascinated by that. I have so many questions for this guy. I'll never talk to him, but I have so many questions for him. So, uh, like, I, it's a rabbit hole you go down and you're like, oh, this is fun. But you don't really catch up with your friends because every third thing is an ad. Facebook has decided that you don't need to see news stories. It used to be useful for show prep. Now it's not useful for show prep at all because it's they just get rid of the Even if you follow a news site, they don't give it to you. But is that evil? No. It's stupid. I don't actually use Facebook really anymore. All I use it for is uh, to ke- catch up with people. Like, oh, yeah, how's so-and-so doing? I heard so-and-so wasn't doing well. I'd look it up. And to put my columns up there. And that's it. Today's column. That's about the commentary I put. Here's today's column. I'm really horrible at interacting on social media because it is a rabbit hole. I don't want to go on. Facebook makes it difficult. Twitter, I don't check my mentions very often because I don't really care. Like, oh, it's some liberal who's offended. Who cares? It's weird. There's some people who live in their mentions. Some people who absolutely live in their mentions, they go crazy. They'd search on their own names to find people who mentioned them but didn't tag them so they can pretend that they're heroes by taking on an anonymous account. Like, okay, God, your family life must be devoid of purpose. Okay, congratulations. But that's not the fault of the tech CEOs. It's not Elon Musk's fault. That's not Mark Zuckerberg's fault. Now, maybe the fact that my Facebook feed sucks and is unusable now might be his fault. But the tragedies that we hear about, the horrible things, the oh, the that gives people low self-esteem. People have committed suicide because of Instagram or because of this and because of that. It's horrible. I don't wish that on anybody. But we have to at some point recognize that Ultimately, individuals are responsible for their own actions. Are they not? 
If you don't want your, if you think social media is a horrible evil, stop turning your kids over to technology. All right. If you've got a 13, 14 year old impressionable young kid and you're worried about how they're uh, consuming social media, you are the only person who can demand that they stop consuming social media. Oh, they'll be pissed. Oh, they'll whine and complain. Oh, they'll be mad. They'll do this, that and the other thing. But you ultimately control their device or at least should. You dictate the terms. The kids don't dictate the terms. Someday they'll recognize that you did it for their own good, or maybe they'll never recognize it and will resent a small part of you forever. Whatever the case, your job is not to be their friend. Your job is to protect them. And if you genuinely believe that you can't police their online activities, then you have no choice. You have a moral and parental obligation to block them from doing it. Period. End of story. Will bad influences still get through? Of course they will. I think it's useful in that you've got to teach people to toughen up. You've got to teach kids to, suffer, to toughen up. You, you can wrap them in bubble wrap and send them down a carpeted hallway at a very slow rate of speed so that if anything happens, they'll be okay. That's all well and good. And as a parent, I understand that. You sit there and you go, I just want to protect them. I got the kids riding bikes now, and they're wearing their helmets. I never wore a helmet. I wore a helmet in hockey because I was legally obligated to. But I never rode a helmet riding a bike. I'm wiped out. I got scars. I got scrapes. I got everything. My kids wear a helmet. But the other day, the other day being a couple of weeks ago, Bailey, who still has training wheels, she's she's not interested in getting rid of them yet, five years old. Um, She wiped out. She turned too, she doesn't go super fast. She just lost her balance and fell over. I was glad it happened. She wasn't hurt. But she needed to, and most of the time you fall over, you're not hurt. She needed to learn that. She was absolutely terrified at the prospect of it before that point. And then it happened and she realized that it, it didn't hurt. There was no scrapes. There was no bruises. She fell right over. She going, you know, I don't know, slower than a slug, which I think is what it, she saw a caterpillar or something caused her to worm, caused her to turn sharp and, and tip over. But um, she learned, okay. You can get hurt, but it doesn't hurt. doesn't necessarily hurt. That, I think, is uh, once I... St- I'm not going to do it till the weather improves because can't ride the bike with any regularity. But once you do it, she's going to have that in her head. Like, oh, okay, I can, I can survive this. It doesn't hurt that bad. It doesn't hurt at all. As a matter of fact, she didn't cry, which was shocking. She, most kids will cry at the prospect and then realize that it didn't hurt, and they go, "Okay, I can stop crying now." She didn't. She didn't even get to that point. But it is an important part of parenting. You've got to protect your kids, and you've got to know how much leash to give your kids, how much room to give your kids. You got to let them go and discover things on their own. You can tell them that something is hot and sooner or later they're going to touch it and they've kind of got to touch it for themselves. Not necessarily don't start playing with stoves, kids, but you get what I'm saying. And so you uh, have this thing where social media is wildly destructive to some people. It's wildly constructive to some people. And I would posit to a lot of people that a lot of people who make a lot of money off social media are also, it's wildly destructive to them. Those 
women that I told you about, the 22-year-olds who are sitting around making videos with their body parts hanging out. And they just go, oh, I got a big group of Instagram followers. Oh, congratulations, you got a big group of Instagram followers. You know what? You better be smart with money, whatever money you're making right now, because when this goes the way of the dodo or you're no longer the flavor of the month and people cancel their monthly subscriptions or what have you to your OnlyFans page, you're not going to have a skill to fall back on. You're not going to have anything to fall back on. So if you don't have some plan, you want to talk about destruction down the line, that would be it. But that's more financial literacy than anything else. There's a, a role for public officials to maybe try and educate people. Really, if you want to see a, an important or meaningful hearing up on Capitol Hill, why not bring in a whole bunch of people who have gone down the, uh, the look, through the looking glass and are out the other side or are now going, oh, my God, what did I do? And get them up there with the people who are there now. Right? To demonstrate, yes, you're riding high, and maybe it will never end. But it did end for these people. Be prepared. Get the popular kids up there, the flavors of the moment, along with the maybe the old expired flavors. And there's a lesson to be learned in there. But instead you get this show, this posturing. Everybody, I want to play this clip of Senator Josh Hawley. I like Senator Josh Hawley. I think he's a, a solid conservative most of the time. He's definitely a, an excellent communicator. But he fell into the, this went, you know, crazy yesterday. Conservatives are going, look at this. He took on Zuckerberg. He made Zuckerberg apologize. There's a, a whole room, committee hearing room, full of families who suffered horrible loss. Their children died uh, committed suicide or you know the eating disorders they didn't necessarily die but they, they've suffered because of the way that their children interacted with social media and the way it impacted them it's not i don't think facebook's fault these are the exceptions not the rule you should never govern to the exceptions but you can sure posture for it. And so listen to Josh Hawley. He is not, he's not interested in anything Mark Zuckerberg has to say. And you're not going to really be, the audio is bad. You're not going to really be able to hear Zuckerberg turn around and talk. You're going to hear the, a couple of words and whatever. And then Hawley's right back at it. Because this is for the cameras. There is no, there was no information learned yesterday that is important there was no oh wow i didn't know that going in that's that's important to know that will influence this changes things or this isn't you need to know this there was none of that it was all powerful rich people berating powerful rich people for the peon class thinking that they're somehow doing it here's josh holly and zuckerberg so you didn't take any action. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I, Would I, you like to do so now? Well, They're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? 
You know, why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim, you hide behind a liability shield, you can't be held accountable? Don't you love it? You want to apologize? He really doesn't apologize. Why can't you be sued? Why do you suck? Why do you... Mark Zuckerberg did nothing to these people. All right. They've suffered a horrible tragedy and every single Republican and Democrat up there on Capitol Hill exploited their loss. They're suffering for a camera because why? Because why not? It makes for great B-roll. Man, it goes viral. The fundraising numbers, you get a nice big bump on that. But what does it accomplish? Did it accomplish anything? No. You didn't, there was nothing. There was like, okay, now that you've apologized, how about this? That no, it was, why shouldn't they be able to sue you? Well, because I didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. We put a we put a thing on. It's like you drove your car into a stop sign. You're going to sue the stop sign company? You drove your car into it. You drove your car into a ravine or you jumped into it. Well, you're going to sue God? God made the ravine. If it wasn't there, would you have done it? I am not of the belief that, how do I put this without offending everybody? Yeah, you just put it and you let people deal with it. Um, I am not of the belief that under normal circumstances, without really, really being exceptional circumstances, that people can be bullied into doing harm to themselves. Not quickly. It is a, It would be a very long process of repeated abuse over time that somebody then does something drastic. It is not, just like I don't believe that Hunter Biden was a great dude and then suddenly at age 45 decided, you know what I haven't done in life is smoke a lot of crack and sleep with a lot of hookers. You build up to that point in your life and he's probably been doing it for a long time. If you do something horrible, if people, if, if you are driven to drastic measures. It's not immediate. It is over time. And at some point, you have to either take control of your own life and not let it get to you, or somebody needs to pick up and pay attention to what's going on here. There's a dramatic change in behavior. I'm not blaming. I'm not victim blaming. I'm not trying to blame these families or their parents, but I'm saying that Zuckerberg wasn't there. How the hell is Zuckerberg going to notice what's going on? He's not. None of those CEOs are going to notice what's going on. Yeah, their product's addictive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their product's voluntary. Here's a simple way to do it. Delete it. All right? If you're a parent, delete their product. It's done. The kids will whine. The kids will complain. The kids will probably find a, a friend's computer to log in and occasionally do that. But so what? How much time are they going to spend at that friend's house relative to how much time are they going to spend at your house, at home? You cut them off. Force them. Look, we, we use iPads in our house probably too often. But it's I play Minecraft with the girls. It's fun. And they play all these other little harmless things. But we do say, all right, that's enough. They pitch a fit. Oh, no. We turn them off, take them away, make them do other things. Play with the Barbies. Do something with your imagination. 
Now they're five and six. It's much easier. They're not resourceful teenagers, but there's not that much of it. There can't be that much of a difference. You're still the parent. I just, I can't. I can't get on board with the woohoo! Look at what they did to these texts. They humiliated them. There's no. How does that make anybody's life better? Mark Zuckerberg totally got pantsed up there on Capitol Hill. Well, I disagree with the assessment, but is that really your your day hinges upon whether or not somebody you'll never meet was harassed and harassed and humiliated? I get the the frustration, the sadness, or the grief of the parents sitting there. You know, they're looking for answers because you can't can't get answers from where they would need to get the answers. But that is, it's not Mark Zuckerberg's fault. It's really society. You want to talk about society. There's a societal issue here. Social media made everybody want to just get attention, but... It didn't actually do it. We wanted the attention. Our species wanted the attention. I often ask the question, did social media make people awful or did it just give them a big megaphone? Were they always awful and it just exposed them? I don't know what the answer is. But yeah, there's a lot of damage that can be done. There's a lot of good that can be done too. It's all how you use it. So you sit there and you go, it's really easy to blame these tech companies. It's really easy to blame China. TikTok. uh, Yeah, TikTok is horrible. TikTok is manipulating people. We'll have some audio in a bit about uh, Congressman Seth Moulton and FBI Director Christopher Wray talking about TikTok and the pernicious influence it's able to have. But you have to download it. I don't have TikTok. Why don't I have TikTok? Well, because it doesn't interest me. I don't have Instagram. I guess I technically have an Instagram account, but I don't I don't think I've ever posted anything to it. All of this ultimately is a voluntary interaction. If you put your birthday as, uh, you know, Christmas Day 1919, then you've helped subvert the system at least a little bit you're going to get a lot of ads for denture cream sent to you but it only works because you give it information it only spits out what you put in it you're not forced to put in maybe there's a maybe there's like 10 jobs in the country where we'd love to hire you but you don't have a uh, a tick a snapchat account and we can't hire somebody who doesn't have at least 10,000 followers on TikTok. I'm sorry. You just, you're going to have to, if you can download that app and go and get yourself some followers, we'll absolutely hire you for this job. It's not how the world works, or at least how most of the world works. But even if you do that, you're giving it your real name. You're giving it your real date of birth. You're giving it your real address. You're verifying with a real cell phone number. You're doing all of these things. And if you got to verify, fine. Give them the information, then delete it. Well, they'll save it forever. Yeah, they don't save it forever. They save it. They don't, maybe they can't mine it forever. But you give it. My Facebook page doesn't have my date of birth. It doesn't have where I've worked. It doesn't have where I went to school. 
I don't even think it has where I grew up or where I live. Doesn't have anything. These are only mirrors. They're very high-definition mirrors. They capture everything, and they'll use whatever you put in front of it. But you have to put it in front of it. You have to give them what they, the information for them to react for to it. But it makes a politician look cool. It makes a politician look caring. It makes a politician look tough, standing up to those evil, big, mean tech CEOs. On average, has, has technology made your life better or worse? Depends on how you use it. It's an individual question. If all you do is sit around and watch porn and look at Instagram videos and become wildly jealous and envious of how other people live and to the point that you're frozen in hatred, probably not a positive force in your life. But I don't think that you were derailed climbing the mountain to paradise and suddenly got stuck in this because somebody forced you to sign up for this stuff. We need to recognize that. If you really want to find the root cause of 99% of your problems, find a reflective surface. This is a difficult topic because it is such a, a sensitive topic. And I am not by nature a particularly sensitive person where you're like, oh, I just suck it up, buttercup, in a lot of circumstances. Not all circumstances, but mostly. And I'm passionately indifferent in a lot of circumstances. But when you see people running... Look, I get the urge to try and blame somebody else, to try and look for uh, something else. You're haunted by what happened. And it's not like I'm indifferent to the prospect of suicide or self-harm. I know at least two people. One was sort of unintentional, allegedly, pulled over by the cops. He'd done a little time, had a gun, was trying to hide the gun behind him. And uh, it wasn't pulled over because he was wanted or anything, but he didn't want to get caught with a gun. The gun accidentally went off, is the story I was told. Killed him. The other one was a very good friend in high school. Don't really know why. He was gay, but that wasn't why, because he'd come out years before. Just uh, sad. Nobody is One of his best friends still doesn't know why, so not like he'll ever learn, but he didn't know. So we there's like a group of like eight of us in high school that, did almost everything together. He was in there. And, you know, it's not like I'm indifferent to it. But at some point, I don't believe that it was because my friend was having a relatively good day and then somebody said, hey, fatty, and like, that was it. Drove him over the edge or whatever it was that, you know, think suffered horrible bullying. Well, he was an adult. So by then, the bullying thing was long since over. But with kids, I get it. Kids are tough. They don't know how to. They don't know how to react to certain things. It's part of the job as a parent is to make sure you know what's going on, with the kids, and then you make sure the kids learn how to deal with it, because it's going to continue long after they're out of the house, long after you're around. Somebody's going to be mean to them at some point, and if they immediately just collapse into a fetal position and start crying, you haven't really served them well. That doesn't mean like the best plans don't, you know, they don't always work. 
and all the effort in the world and all the caring in the world doesn't always work. There is no absolute on these things. There is no, well, this, then that, period, end of story. That's not, it's not how life works. But it's not these companies' faults. I want to play you this next clip from Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was another posturing guy. Now, the Democrats were doing this too, but these are the ones that sort of took off. And it is Lindsey Graham talking about a South Carolina state representative's child. I don't... How do I put... I don't know... Well, just just listen to it, and we'll go from there. The representative from South Carolina, Mr. Guffey's son, uh, got caught up in a sex extortion ring in Nigeria using Instagram. And he was uh, shaken down, paid money. That wasn't enough, and he killed himself uh, using Instagram. What would you like to say to him? It's terrible. I mean, no one should have to go through something like that. You think he should be allowed to sue you? Um, I, I think that they can sue us. Well, I think you should, and then he can't. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Is there, a, I, again, I don't use Instagram, but is there a way to casually use Instagram that somehow funnels you into a Nigerian sex ring? I don't think that works that way. <laughs> I've gone down some internet rabbit holes in my time, and I'm like, what the hell? How did I even get here? Most of them are news-related, but still, at a certain point, you recognize that you're going down, or you go down the eBay hole, and you're like, well, I was looking up for this thing, and suddenly I found all this stuff. My friend had me looking for Mr. T action figures from the 80s yesterday because he, he saw one at an auction in a local place around here, and he wanted me to go. And I'm like, I don't want to drive an hour to watch you bid on a Mr. T. Here, here's one you can buy online. Save the gas. Save my time. But it is, um, it's weird. There's a lot to this story. I imagine we don't know because I don't know how on Instagram you can be extorted, right? Maybe I don't know how it works. It's you post pictures and videos, right? And people comment. You can comment back. They follow you. You can follow them. Seems like more of a visual version of uh, not necessarily Twitter, but sort of like Facebook. It's owned by Facebook. I don't know how sex gets involved in that unless you're looking at nude photographs. But at some point, so what, right? There's a lot more to this story than Lindsey Graham, I think, wants the world to know. And you have to sit there and you go, what in the hell is, uh, why, would you like to apologize to him? For what? I'm sorry your child is dead, of course, but I didn't make them search these things. I don't understand how it came about. I don't know what the problem is. But trying to be as sensitive as possible, which really does go against my nature. How the hell is this anybody's doing except for the person who did it? Right? Isn't that how it works? I don't understand how this is 
Mark Zuckerberg's fault. Now, you can blame, you can do, I'm looking this up here, South Carolina lawmaker suing Instagram after his son died by suicide. You don't die by, you commit suicide. You don't die by, when did you die? He died of, uh, you know, uh, he had uh, cervical cancer. Oh, okay. How'd he die? He died of suicide. Oh, he got suicide, huh? They didn't catch it early enough. They didn't treat it. It's not that way. I hate to break it to you. I'm not trying to make a joke. I've had my suicidal thoughts when I was younger, too. I've done the stupid things. But to infantilize people. So, oh, my God, they did this. This this was done. No, it's not done to people. About two weeks after his eldest son's funeral, South Carolina State Representative Brandon Guffey said he received a private Instagram message with a laughing emoji. Gavin Guffey, 17, had fatally shot himself in a bathroom in July 2022, and the grieving father was searching for clues as to what led to his suicide. Now, wait, so the guy's suing already. What the hell's the point of Lindsey Graham's question? Should he be able to sue you? He is suing you. That's what Zuckerberg meant. He is suing. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Lindsey Graham was prepared just enough to peacock in front of the cameras, and that was it. Then Guffey and his younger son began to get messages demanding money in exchange for nude photos of his late son. Another on, uh, or anyone on Gavin's Instagram, anyone on Gavin's Instagram followers list who had the last name Guffey got similar messages, his father said. The family began piercing together, piecing together Gavin's last moments and discovered he had encountered a scammer on Instagram and unwittingly became a victim of sexual extortion, a crime the FBI warns is increasingly targeting underage boys and leading to an alarming increase in suicides nationwide. Pay attention to what your kids are doing, all right? Teach your kids no nudes, no nothing. I might be the only person in America who's never sent a blank pic or received nude photos. from. It just doesn't interest me. <laughs> I, just, it, I, I wouldn't. Somebody goes, hey, if I was dating somebody, like, hey, so, go to the bathroom, take a picture. I'm like, no. No, and I think we should probably stop seeing each other because it's, that's not not interested. And I, I'll suddenly you send a nude pic. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? I get it. You're in the same room. Flash me. Boom. Game on. But you sit there and you're like, we're both at work. Here's something to think about. I don't need something to think about. I got work to think about. Maybe I'm just not a romantic or whatever. Now Guffey is suing Instagram's parent company Meta for wrongful death, gross negligence, and other claims, saying it does not do enough to protect, protect children like Gavin from online predators. Every interaction you have online is voluntary, and you can block anybody at any point. Not trying to belittle this family's suffering, but my God, at a certain point, don't you have to say that this could have gone a million different ways, all of them good, if the kid had simply blocked this or the parents had paid attention to what's going on a little bit more? Or maybe you sit down your kid and say, look, there's going to be people who are going to come up. They're going to try and get you. They're going to be, oh, there's a real cute girl and she really likes you and blah, blah. The Internet is not real life. OK, you have to learn that the Internet is not real life. If you ever get in trouble, tell me. And we'll take care of it 
or whatever. We'll deal with it, but it's not worth, you know, somebody's going to try and make fun of you. Somebody's going to try and get something out of you. Don't fall for it. Don't do it. Nope. The lawsuit filed in South Carolina State Court last week accuses Meta's social media platforms of causing a range of problems in children, including depression, low self-esteem, anxiety, and eating disorders. What the hell does that have to do with the, with the suicide of his son? I get it. He's flailing. He's hurting. He's trying to find somebody to blame. It alleges that Meta uses algorithms to aggressively target adolescents and does not do enough to keep them safe from harm. Oh, boy. Whose job is it to keep children safe from harm? Is it? Like, when... Is it Zuckerberg's job? Is it TikTok's job? Is it Instagram's job? Is it uh, anybody else? Is it? It's the parents' job, right? It's the par- You really want to get down to it now that I'm thinking about it. If you look at what society has become, and it's become a mess, a big part of that reason is the way that the left has redefined community, Right? Is it? Community when I was growing up was the immediate area. It didn't matter what color you were, what sexual orientation you were. It didn't matter anything. I think how much money you made, although nobody really made any money in the neighborhood I grew up in. But it was just, that was your community because we were afraid as kids of being caught by a member of the community. We didn't know who our parents knew. And if you're with a group of three friends riding your bikes around and you found a, a pack of firecracker somebody just got them in a big lighter and you were going to go to town you had to make sure you didn't know who was going to spot you you had to find a place where you weren't going to be spot why not because we were afraid of getting arrested although that was technically possible but because we were afraid of being seen by somebody doing it now maybe the people who saw us the person who saw us didn't know my parents but maybe they knew my friend jay's parents they see us blowing up G.I. Joes, setting them up, models on fire, model cars on fire, whatever. That glue, man, that glue burned. Whatever it is, somebody's going to call one of their parents. And those parents all knew each other. Not because my parents weren't friends with Jay's parents. My parents weren't friends with any of my friends' parents, as a matter of fact. But they all knew each other. If we were caught lighting off M80s somewhere and somebody told my dad, my dad knew Jay's dad well enough to call him up and say, hey, they're doing this, just making you aware. I don't care what you do with this information, but here's the information. We should have this information. That was the sense of community. Now it's, what's your sexual orientation? Oh, okay, you're gay. All right, you should care. You live in uh, in Boston, right? You Did you hear about the... Gay guy who got beat up in Oakland, California? No, I didn't. I don't live in Oakland, California. Well, you should care. You should care. It's a member. It's an attack on your community. What do you mean my community? No, no. Your community is all people who have sex the way you do. That doesn't make any sense. Why should you care more about the somebody, something that happened to somebody who has sex the way you do, who lives 3,000 miles away, more than you should care about somebody who lives next door to you who doesn't have sex the way you do? Well, because how does that help Democrats? Divide to conquer. You can manipulate people. You put people in these little boxes and you can move those boxes around. It's easier than moving individuals around. You have this perverse way of looking at the world. 
Like somehow your skin color is an accomplishment. It needs to be celebrated. Your gender and your whatever gender dysphoria you suffer, that's an accomplishment. You need to be celebrated. No, you don't need to be celebrated. Accomplishment needs to be celebrated. That's not an accomplishment. You had nothing to do with it. You existed that way from the second you existed. That's not an accomplishment. I'm not going to high five you for exhaling. Everybody does it. Do something great. Then I'll high five you. But that's not the way it works anymore. Celebrate diversity. Diversity is just different ways people exist. Which, by the way, celebrate diversity, but don't like other kinds of food. Don't try to cook other types of food that are different from what your ethnicity is. doesn't really matter. Don't engage. You, yeah, celebrate diversity, but don't, don't, get, don't wear like an Asian robe. You're not allowed to do that. Sorry, can't do that. Don't get your hair braided because you can't do that. But celebrate diversity. Just don't engage in it, whatever. They keep you separated. They keep you manipulated. It's not by accident. It's by design, and it's working on a lot of people. You have to reject that and sit there and sue Instagram because you suffered a tragedy. I get it. You suffered a tragedy. It makes no sense whatsoever. You look at it, whatever these pictures were, whatever they were trying to do, you go, hey, we could have easily gotten through this problem together. It wouldn't have mattered. You sent a couple of nude pictures of yourself. So what? So what? 20 years, everybody's going to have nude pictures of themselves online. Doesn't matter. Can't do that when they're gone. So you need to find somebody to blame. But it's not the company. So looking further into this story out of South Carolina, it's a sad story. But again, I'm not really sure how it's Instagram's fault. Gavin Guffey texted his friend shortly before his death. Again, he committed suicide. He didn't just like, drop over from an aneurysm or anything. And it's sad and it's horrible and all of that. But if you're going to use this, as Lindsey Graham tried to, as some sort of big touchstone issue then you damn well better know the facts or at least portray the facts to the people. And he didn't. And he didn't because, well, you just realize why. It says, minutes before he died by suicide. I don't die by suicide. Minutes before he committed suicide. There. I've corrected it for you, CNN. At his home in Rock Hill, South Carolina, Gavin texted his younger brother and his friends a heart-shaped symbol of love on a black background. Since then... Guffey has been outspoken about his son's death and sponsored legislation last year that makes sexual extortion an aggravated felony punishable by years in prison if the victim is a minor or vulnerable adult or if the victim suffers bodily injury or death directly related to the crime. Now, I'm all in favor of the first one, prison, and if it's a kid or if it's a vulnerable adult, if it's meaning somebody with a developmental disability. But the idea that it, like, if, if it makes it worse if, if somehow just a person who isn't a, a minor or disabled suffers injury or death directly, they don't suffer. It's not like you read a message on Instagram and just keeled over. It's not like that old Monty Python skit where somebody wrote the funniest joke of all time and then immediately dropped over dead, died laughing. And everybody who read the joke died laughing. That's not how it works. Suicide is a choice. It is a choice. But I'm all in favor of making it a 
crime to harass people and extort people. Extortion is already a crime. You want to bring sexual extortion into it. And minors, yes, fine, protect children. But notice that it didn't make anything having to do with the, I don't know, the 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 company, the platform that did it. It's like being offended by a posting on a kiosk on campus. Like, oh, my God, did you see that flyer on campus? Somebody pinned to the kiosk? I want to sue the kiosk. Why? Because I don't like, I, I got a paper cut on the poster up there. Well, what were you, you had to be grabbing the paper to get a paper cut. For, don't argue with me don't do this don't do that don't don't tell me what yeah you kind of have to recognize the responsibility and again i realize i'm walking on thin ice when i'm sitting here talking about kids and suicide and whatnot but the the responsibility i wouldn't say blame but the responsibility does not lie with the platform you can decide where it lies for yourself but it have to be an active participant State senators passed the bill, named it Gavin's Law, and sent it to Governor Henry McMaster, who signed it into law. Before Now, here's where you give some of the details. Before Gavin's death by suicide... God, they keep on going to this death by suicide. Before Gavin's death by suicide, scammers had reached out to him on Instagram, convinced him he was talking to a girl his age, and persuaded him to send nude photos, his father says. Now, look, you're going to be reached out to, everybody's going to be reached out to by somebody online. I've known people who have been catfished and all of that stuff, and I may or may not have, for just amusement purposes, done that at a much younger age myself to make fun of people. Yeah, I did. But when you get to the point where they're asking you to send nudes, even if they're sending nudes yourself, Here's a good rule of thumb, and maybe you need to instill this in your kids. If somebody is talking to you online, they're not necessarily who they are, but if they, they're not necessarily who they claim to be. They don't have to be. But then if they just send nudes, they're not somebody you want to talk to. If, if somebody you've never met in real life, no matter how many conversations you've had with them online, sends you nudes, that's not somebody you want to be talking to not a good person right there's something either they are scamming you they're catfishing you they're trying to rope you in or they are emotionally damaged to the point that you need to run for the hills i'm not denying that there's some people out there who just go hey here's some nude pictures of me we've been talking for a couple of weeks here's some nude pictures of me i have no doubt that there are people who do that there are a lot of incredibly stupid people in the world but Anybody who would do that is wildly emotionally damaged. And I understand that there are some people out there who have the hurt bird syndrome with everybody. They want to find out what somebody's problem is and they think they can help them. And they they think they can go around and, and heal people. You know, no, not that. You got somebody who has, you know, issues with their parents or a fight with a friend and you want to help fix that situation. Fine. That's a little bit different than sending a semi-complete stranger boob pictures okay just as and oh by the way there are millions upon millions of women out there and men who have nude photographs of them they're called porn stars 
And so you can create a fake account because they also have pictures of themselves with clothes on. And you can create a fake account and say, well, convince anybody of anything. This is really me. I swear to God, here's a picture of me. And now here's a picture of me without a shirt on. See, you can see it's me. That's not even counting Photoshop AI. If you really want to do it, um, meet in real life in public, but don't do that. Have conversations via video chat with your clothes on. If they continually find reasons why they can't do that or won't do that, or oh, I got really bad internet here, well, we can wait until you're someplace where you have good internet. They'll find an excuse. The second they throw up any red flag, if they're willing to send you nude photographs but not willing to FaceTime, that is a major, major problem. Right, That's a red flag right there. So before blah, 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 send him nudes, his father said, the extortion started almost immediately after the scammers demanded money. And Gavin sent $25 via Venmo, which was all he had at the time, Govey said. He pleaded with his scammers to give him more time. Quote, he was telling them he would give them, get them more money. Please don't send these images out. They didn't care, Govey said. I think in his mind it was just too much, and he didn't know how he would overcome that, end quote. Well, it's absurd now, of course, after the fact. What he decided to do was ridiculous and damaging and undoable and not necessary in any way, shape, or form. That's why you need to have these conversations with your kids beforehand. You need to have their passwords you can have your account. If you're old enough, you can have your account, but you can only have it if I have the password. And every damn night, I'm going to be looking at these things and, you know, randomly throughout the day. So be aware. And then it's on you. Because these sites, as damaging as their existence may have been to things, they exist and they're not going anywhere. Right? They exist and they're not going anywhere. But they ultimately are just a kiosk where anybody can walk up looking for a drummer, a band, rip off the phone number at the bottom and post whatever they want. That every once in a while, some horrible person goes up there and posts something that is mean to somebody or offends somebody or upsets somebody's sensibility is not the fault of the kiosk. The kiosk ain't going anywhere. I know that what really is going on here is government would love nothing more than to be able to regulate this stuff. And they just don't. They can't yet. They can't decide on how to regulate it. You've got the tech companies going, please regulate us because they don't want the ultimate responsibility. They want it right now. They're saying, well, we're not regulated. It's government needs to regulate us. And then uh, they won't say how government should regulate them. They don't say what government should regulate it's a mess. But once you get government in there, it becomes an even bigger mess because you think government has a clue. Do you think Lindsey Graham would be a good arbiter of how Facebook should run? He could be a better arbiter of how Facebook should run than the guy who created Facebook. Which one do you think has more, more uh, understanding of how Facebook should be? Think about it in these terms. Apple was co-founded by Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs ran Apple to moderate success in the beginning, in the early 80s. And then eventually he was run out and replaced by the former CEO of Pepsi, guy he brought into the company. But he was a marketing genius for pop, 
for sugary drinks, not a tech wizard, not an innovative thinker. He could sell finger food to a proctologist on duty during a latex shortage, but he couldn't create a glove. So you, uh, you saw Apple almost go bankrupt. They turned back to Steve Jobs and said, oh, wait, you know this industry in and out, not just how to run a business. You understand not only how things should be, but how they can be and how they are. They brought Steve Jobs back, and within a few years, Apple became what Apple is. Now, Steve Jobs is gone. I don't think Tim Cook is the innovator that Steve Jobs was. I don't think he's the dreamer that Steve Jobs was. And uh, things are kind of suffering. I've got the new iPhone, and they're like, okay, it's, it's got a better camera. It's a little bit faster. But it's telling that the commercials for the iPhone 15 are more about the, the material it's made out of than any innovations that came along with it, right? Isn't that kind of telling? Hey, this phone's made out of titanium. It comes from the deepest reaches of outer space. Okay, yeah, but how is it different from the iPhone 14? It's made out of titanium. It's indiscernibly faster processor speed. What do you mean indiscern- I mean, we can measure it, but we can't. You, your eye never, you won't know. Apps will open up two nanoseconds faster. So there you go. Congratulations. It's got a better camera. Okay. I don't know that I need to see on the microscopic level with this zoom lens, but good, I guess. It's not an You can sit there and say there's anybody can say there's a problem. What do you do about it? How do you address it? Unfortunately, Congress, all members of Congress, having worked up there, known many of these people, I promise you, they all believe they understand everything and they have the ability to run, regulate, control. They know how things should be. Never once. Have you ever thought of one thing? Thank God the government got involved in this. Think of anything. Is there anything where you're like, oh, well, things have gotten marketably better, markably better now that government is regulating this. No, a lot of times what government ends up doing is regulating things, and that absolves actual companies. We followed the law. The result was bad. You got a problem with that. It's the government's fault, not our fault. People can sue these tech companies if they really did wrong somebody, if they leaked your information, whatever. But that somebody did something bad to you on one of these websites is the same as somebody suing a mall. Why? Well, you got you got robbed in a mall. Somebody picked your pocket in a mall. So you're going to sue the mall? mall the mall is just a place. Well, these websites aren't real places. They're the concept of a place. You got to worry more about other things in life, real things in life. Pay attention to your kids in the first place and control what they're doing. You are their parent. Parent. It was wildly unpopular when I pointed this out on social media the other day because people were like, well, you're so heartless. You're something. No, it just, first of all, you should never govern from a place of emotion. You shouldn't allow emotion to govern you in any way, shape, or form. You will never make a rational, smart decision based on emotion. You just won't. 
Secondly, a little bit of heartlessness is what we need. You think the government has heart? Even if all of these members really do care, they really do care. They lose and sleep over it. They didn't sleep last night because of these horrible tragedies that they were all sort of exploiting up there. You think they could solve the problem? You think they could fix the issue? You think they could do anything? Hell no. Lindsey Graham mentioned somebody who suffered some horrible thing in his state. Do you think he has spent a lot of time working on this? I don't know that Lindsey Graham's introduced a, a piece of legislation about this federally. If he cares so deeply, why doesn't he do something about it? Or at least find a constitutional justification for doing something about it. He can't, he won't, he doesn't. But boy, howdy, did he get a viral clip yesterday, and that's really what matters. After his death, the scammer sent Guffy a laughing face emoji and a message and using a pseudo account on Instagram after the original one was shut down. It said, did I tell you your son begged for his life? Question mark. Guffy said they also demanded money in exchange for the photos. Law enforcement officials told him not to respond, but he says he took it took every ounce of his strength. He had to ignore it. Quote, there are numerous accounts tied to one person. They took down one, and the person then began to extort my 14-year-old cousin and my 16-year-old son. They even went as far as sending me a message saying my son begged for his life. This was within 30 days of me burying my son. There are horrible people out there. There are good people out there, too. You don't ever legislate based on the worst-case scenario. But this is the world that we live in. Something horrible happened to somebody else. Therefore, we must make sure that whatever. What? Why? If you think your kid is susceptible to something like this, have a conversation with them now rather than finding out after the fact. But don't shut it all down. We need to ban all cars because car accidents happen. Hell, we know smoking kills. We still sell cigarettes everywhere. We knew smoking killed for a long time before anybody admitted it. Nobody really did much of anything. They even banned smoking ads ads for cigarettes on TV while still saying, well, smoking isn't necessarily bad for you. Didn't ban it. In fact, subsidized the growth of tobacco. Should people be able, you know, the, they sued the tobacco companies and got billions and billions of dollars. Should they be able to sue the government for the billions and billions of dollars in subsidizing tobacco that they did? Encouraging the growth for refusing to ban it? You can take this to the point of absurdity, but I promise you, then you go, all right, if we can sue government for those things, then shouldn't we be able to sue govern, government officials, elected officials who pushed for those subsidies, who allowed for those subsidies, who kept them going. South Carolina is a tobacco-growing state, if I remember correctly, as is Virginia. I bet Lindsey Graham's opinion on where responsibility lies and who does what and who should be sued would change dramatically if he could be listed as a defendant on a lawsuit. There wasn't just a hearing over in the Senate yesterday. There was a hearing in the House. They they tend to work in tandem. They 
themes occur, even though both branches are different parties in control, different agendas. Usually somebody will be on one side and then they'll march over to the other side or the issues will be going on simultaneously. The hearings over on the Hill always take place at either 10 o'clock or 2 o'clock. That's it. And they usually don't last all that long. Each member gets five minutes and you don't really learn anything. And at the end of it, you go, that was a complete and total waste of time because, well, it's usually a complete and total waste of time. (laughs) I'm not cynical. I'm a realist. I know how this stuff works. But over on the House side, there was... A hearing featuring FBI Director Christopher Wray and Congressman Seth Moulton, Democrat of Massachusetts, brought up uh, the social media stuff and TikTok. And everybody's all TikTok, TikTok, China, TikTok. They could ban TikTok if they wanted to, but then what would they demonize? They, um, or they could force the sale of TikTok to somebody not related to the communist Chinese government, but they don't do that. Again, you can figure out why. And uh, Moulton asked Christopher Ray about TikTok and the damage TikTok can do and the influence TikTok can have. It's not relevant just TikTok. It's relevant to everything we've been talking to at this point, and it's telling in another issue area as well. I'll explain it after this. Director Ray, you explained that TikTok is beholden to the Chinese Communist Party, which can access users' private personal data, influence their feeds. Earlier this month, Cloudfare reported that Taiwan experienced a 3,000% increase in distributed denial-of-service cyber attacks last quarter. Um, 3,000%. I imagine that's a coincident with their election. So the Chinese Communist Party has shown a willingness to influence elections. I'm heartened by the experience and competence of the federal government in protecting the integrity of our election system. But, I mean, just to understand, if the CCP were to want to change TikTok feeds to bias one candidate or another in the upcoming presidential election, would they be able to do so? Uh, My understanding is that under Chinese law, that would be something that they would be permitted to do. And we already know they influence Chinese children to study science and math. Could they be able to suggest to American kids that they use more drugs? Again, my understanding is that the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party, if it wants to exercise that authority, can easily exercise that authority. So social media, in the wrong hands, or in any hands, can be wildly influential. It doesn't matter, good or bad, in anybody's hands, can, can be wildly influential. You can manipulate Chinese students to learn science and math, and you can manipulate American kids to do drugs the societal pressure. And the same goes for Instagram, Facebook, and everything else that anybody is far too obsessed with. Again, comes down to parents need to parent, but that's beside the point. If, as the Democrats, Seth Moulton points out, that they can influence kids to do drugs, influence one group of kids, and they make sure China says, you can't have this crap, we're not going to take this crap on our version of TikTok, or TikTok in China, put it all over in America, put it all over in the Western countries. If you're worried about that, then why won't you acknowledge the prospect, the probability that the same thing can be done when it comes to manipulating kids into believing that there are, you know, infinite number of genders and that they were probably born in the wrong body 
if you can get somebody to do drugs, is it really beyond the realm of possibility that you could convince them that any sort of awkward feeling they might be having or any sort of weird phase they're going through could be? It's very important and wildly uh, right out there, isn't it? Seems like it to me that you could point out to the, if you can manipulate people into doing drugs, it would explain why there's been a massive spike in the number of people who say, well, I'm transgendered. I'm, in, I'm trapped in the wrong body. Because you really only have two choices. Either suddenly God started making a whole bunch of mistakes. God got a shipment of souls and body parts and they got all mixed up. And it was like the old... Reese's commercials were like, your chocolate is in my peanut butter. Your peanut butter is on my chocolate. They bump into each other and you, nobody goes, why is anybody eating all this stuff in the grocery store before they pay for it? But they go, oh, man, we just we just spilled a whole bunch of male and female body parts. The, the two forklifts ran into each other. It's a big mess. We're going to take it's going to take forever. Can we can we hit the emergency stop button? Because uh, we need to sort out these uh, male and female body parts. And uh, we don't want to make any mistakes. And somebody just goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to make an executive. Weekend's coming. I'm going to make an executive decision. Just throw it all into one box. I'm sure it'll work. It's a 50-50 chance. We'll probably be right at least half the time, right? Come on, let's go. Those are your two options. You're either being influenced by people or there is a mistake at the factory. You can decide which, but I'm just saying those are the two rational options. Which do you think it is? And now these Democrats, none of these Democrats would ever entertain the idea that I just made clear to you like, that you could maybe do. Because the answer is you're born this way. You couldn't possibly be wrong. There's a 40 percent of, of Gen Y or millennials or whatever the hell the current group of kids are called. Uh, uh, 40% of them or whatever are are uh, transgender or pansexual or this, that, or the other thing. Suddenly just a gigantic spike in this. And that's all naturally occurring. Why? Maybe it's because of preservatives in our food. We're eating far too many processed foods. Doesn't make any sense, does it? We've been eating those for a while. While nobody's going to argue those are really good for people, is anybody going to say that suddenly they're causing massive gender dysphoria? causing abnormalities across the entire species in really just a few Western countries. You don't have this stuff in third world countries. Not not this level. It's really weird. You know, the first world problems. Remember that? There was a, I wrote about this in my book. There was a, uh, it's called Plumpy Nut. There's this stuff for, for, that somebody created. It's a peanut-based protein pack. It has a bunch of nutrition. You suck this thing down. You live in a third-world country. They created it because it's great. It lasts for a long time. It's sealed. It's you know it, it it helps. It's cheap to make. It helps fight starvation. It helps fight famine. 
helps fight malnutrition. And so 60 Minutes, Anderson Cooper went over there and he's watching these people give out this plumpy nut in this village somewhere in Africa. And, and he's going, oh, yeah, no, it's great. It's really turned all the kids around. They're, they're healthy weight. They're able to focus in school, the blah, 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 every measurable this, that, and the other thing. And, and Anderson Cooper goes, well, what about peanut allergies? And the guy looks at him like, we don't have that problem here. We don't have that problem. It's weird. When you're starving, when you have bigger problems to deal with, the idea of like food allergies in general, while I'm sure they still exist in the third world, not to the extent they are now. Now on the, you know, you can't even have a peanut on this plane. If somebody, you know, there's a terrorist has taken flight 72 out of Boise. What did they have? A bomb? They have, they have a package of planters and they're ready to open it. So everybody calm down. Let's keep this situation under control. All of the EpiPens have been seized. This guy is serious. He knows what he's doing. This is a well-planned out attack. It's a level of insanity that we, we just, it's, I'm not saying peanut allergies aren't real, but do you really think they're this prevalent? How does it happen? We can create our own problems. Think, first, as soon as our kids were able to eat anything, not even solid food, but semi-solid food, we're shoving peanut butter in them. Now we say, do that. Make sure they don't develop a peanut allergy. Get them early. Get them eating the peanut butter. Now they eat peanut butter nonstop. One of them, Bailey, shoves her hand in the jar all the time, which is problematic. But in the third world, there's no such thing as peanut allergies. In the third world, there's no such thing as, you know, oh, we're, we're all pansexuals here. No. And there are different sexual proclivities. Look at what was going on in ancient Greece. Or actually, don't look at what's going on in ancient Greece. If you look up what was going on in ancient Greece, there's a better than average chance you're going to end up on some sort of criminal watch list or something. Just use your imagination. But it's very localized. And people left to their own devices will always find odd things and perverted things to do. But this is a social media contagion that's going on. And Seth Moulton is so close to getting it. Can't you influence people to do drugs? Yeah, you can. You can also influence people to tell everybody that they're uh, Z-Zin and must be referred to as such. And they're truly pansexual. Huh. The real question, if you really want to get down to the numbers, is how many people have acted on it? How many people? It's trendy to say, oh, I'm, uh, I'm trans or I'm bi or I'm this or I'm that, and I want to be a part of the, the alphabet army, and I want to be a part of the rainbow coalition and blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, okay, dude, you're, you're in. You declared yourself to be, and that's the only barrier to entry we have set, but just as an additional security measure. Go make out with that dude over there. What? No, no, seriously. Go. To, I don't want to do that. Why not? You're, isn't, they don't think he's good looking? Well, I just, what, what are you, are you faking it because it's trendy? It's really easy to declare yourself to be something. It's something entirely different to act on it, you know? So I'm not sure I believe all of these statistics, but as they do these surveys, because there's no group of people more in tune with the mindset of a lemming than 
pre and immediately post or in the flagrante uh, pubescent children. They don't know what the hell's going on with their body. Suddenly everything's changing. And so they'll just follow anything. They'll go anywhere. They'll do anything. They're the most... There's nothing dumber, by the way, than a teenager, particularly a teenage boy. Nothing more self-destructive than any of us live through it is a minor miracle in and of itself. But to sit there and get so close and to acknowledge that through social media and the social pressure and social, I'd call it social seduction, that these social media platforms can exert on people you have to sort of entertain the idea that the same thing's happening when it comes to the they them z's in gender dysphoria everybody's wrong but me sort of mentality do you not if seth moulton never seth moulton would never suggest that he'd be he'd recognize that that would be career suicide the democratic party would run him out of the ground the fbi director would be fired by the president of the united states if he ever acknowledged that but that of all the people up there on capitol hill none of them this has occurred to none of them bothered as instead of instead of trying to posture and peacock for the families of uh, children who've been lost who've committed suicide or had eating disorders or whatever instead of trying to play to them and play to the room and get applause lines for your social media accounts maybe you could have asked a question or two about that hey mark you've been in facebook for a long time now and you study trends and there's nobody who knows this stuff better how would you say the discussion of the trans issue, the percentage of the posts has gone over the past few years as we've seen an explosion in the number of people, and the percentage of kids saying, nope, I'm born in the wrong body. How does that correspond with the number of posts and uh, popularity of influencers who say they have the same thing? Now, he probably wouldn't have those numbers at his fingertips, but it sure as hell would be interesting to study, would it not? But they'll never study it. You'd have to ask the question to get them to study it. And you'd really ultimately want the answer. And that it hasn't been studied means that there are people who don't want the answer. And there's only one reason to not want the answer. And it's not because it helps your cause. Had a little bit of breaking news today because, of course, we're Democrats. Remember the uh, the porn, the gay porn that was made in the United States Capitol a couple of weeks ago? I guess a month ago, maybe. Daily Caller reporting the U.S. Capitol Police announced Thursday they will not be bringing charges against the two men who recorded themselves having relations in the Hart Senate hearing room. Quote, for now, we are closing the investigation into the facts and circumstances surrounding a sex video that was recorded inside the Hart Senate office building on the morning of Wednesday, December 13th. After consulting with federal and local prosecutors, as well as doing a comprehensive investigation and review of possible charges, it was determined that Despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there is currently no evidence that a crime was committed. Great. 
That's fine. If there's no crime committed, there's no crime committed. The guy was fired, of course. Maryland's own Ben Cardin staffer. Good job. Great hire there, Ben. He still won't answer any questions. That's the wrong way to put it. He was asked about it in the immediate aftermath and said, uh, he no longer works for me. I will not be talking about it any further. And the media all said, all right, fair enough. Moving on. You're a Democrat. You're retiring. Moving on. They don't want to, I don't know, look into the hiring practices of, say, Senator Cardin, how it was somebody who had sexually explicit photographs and videos of themselves all over their public Instagram account at the time of their hiring. How did that, uh, or even or maybe it was just during the time of their employee, but it was, it was all over. It was out there. How did that slip through the cracks? Did you not bother to look at anything? You know, no, no searching at all? Did you fire this person or were they allowed to resign? How did that work out? Um, is there anybody else that requires any discipline? Is there anything going on? Is there any? Nope. Nothing we can learn from this. Actually, there's probably plenty we can learn from this, but there's nothing that will be asked of it because Democrats protect their own. Quote, although the hearing room was not open to the public at the time, the congressional staffer involved had access to the room. The two people of interest were not cooperative, nor were the elements of any possible crimes met. The congressional staffer, who has since resigned from his job, exercises Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and refuse to talk to us. No crime. It's against self-incrimination. Our investigators are uh, willing to review new evidence should any more come to light. Get away with it. There you go. Congratulations. The story was, of course, broken by the Daily Caller back in the day. And uh, it's not, look, the scandal is twofold here. First of all, that this guy, that anybody would do this. Look, I'm not naive. I've worked in that building. I've worked in the uh, Dirksen. My office was in Dirksen. But they're all connected. And Hart is my office was literally if you knocked down a wall, we would have been in the Hart Senate office building. It's not a nunnery. And however much sex you think goes on in a nunnery, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of young people. There's a lot of hormones raging in there. A lot of people doing a lot of things in that building. And it's mostly so they can have the story. Put it this way. Nobody's ever come out of a, a quickie in the Capitol going. That was the most satisfying experience of my life. They come out of it going, that's a story. I've got the story. Thank you, Senator Kennedy, or whatever. They uh, they don't do it for that reason. It's not, But filming it is the problem. Filming it and posting it online is the problem. That's where this whole thing comes off. I'm not judging morally on this. I'm, as a society... This might be the first one that we know of, but I promise you it's not the first one that was filmed. Not that I know firsthand on that, but I'm telling you, there's no way that this is the first. People have been filming themselves doing incredibly stupid things since the invention of the camera phone, since it could take video. This is not the first one. This will not be the last one. This is just the one that got caught. I don't Maybe you make it a crime now to have what... You want to, there are two things that would be wildly unpopular that never, everybody would pay lip service to up on Capitol Hill, but nobody would ever actually write legislation and push it through. One is to make sure that members of Congress cannot use their insider information 
to make profit in stock trades, right? They can't, they can't make stock trades at all because they have access to information and government grants and contracts that before the public does. They can't use that. That They'll all talk about how, well, boy, howdy, we need to get rid of that. People are getting rich while we're up here. And uh, by the way, I looked up Corey Bush's net worth. She's from a district. I put this in my town hall column today. She's from a district where the median income is 57000 and change. She's apparently got a net worth of $10 million. She was a community organizer and activist before that. She was not rich going into Congress, but a couple of years in Congress. It's amazing what you can do if you're bound and determined to not have any morals or scruples. But she's not unique. She's not unique in any way, shape, or form. And they'll all say, we need to ban this. It just looks bad. None of them will actually do it. They just won't do it. So they won't ban themselves from making stock trades that make them rich. They also wouldn't ban themselves from taking jobs that make them rich after they leave office. And they will never, ever ban uh, relations. I'm trying to put this in a classy way. There's no classy way to put it. They will not ban cla- uh, relations in their office, in their place of business. They won't. They'll talk about it. Oh, outrageous. How dare they? Do- they've sullied the fine name of this hallowed ground. And then in comes their conga line of mistresses and young staff assistants there to impress. How many of these people have you heard of over the years that uh, have had relations with staff? Those are the people you hear about. How many people get away with it? They ain't going to ban that. They won't even, they'll pretend, they'll forget this story as quickly as possible. I want to speak and talk since the uh, sex in the Senate is not a crime. Call it the, the Kennedy Act or the Kennedy-Dodd Act. Do yourself a favor at some point uh, this weekend. Look up uh, Ted Kennedy Waitress Sandwich, and you'll see how things used to be in the United States Senate. The good old days when Chris Dodd, who is still with us, I think he's working for the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, and uh, he used to go to their Christmas parties. They knew how to throw a party. Them and the recording industry knew how to throw a party. Um. They basically sexually assaulted a waitress at a restaurant called La Brasserie, which is on Massachusetts Avenue, right across from the Heritage Foundation, right across the street from the Heritage Foundation. I remember I was taken to lunch there by a guy named Bill, who's an editor at Heritage. And good guy, still there. And uh, he told me he used to go there all the time. The restaurant's since closed. He, he, he probably kept it open the last 10 years. And they uh, grabbed a waitress, threw her down on the table, one on top of the other. Actually, I think it was in a chair. And pinned her between them as they rubbed against her, grinded up against her and whatnot. All that, all the stuff that you can possibly imagine that goes on like a strip club. That's what they did. It's like, it's a bachelor party here. Can we get the bachelor up here? That's kind of what these guys did. Now, they were 10 feet tall and bulletproof. They were Democrats in the 80s, at a time when Democrats ruled the Senate, and they were never going to, they hadn't, they lost the Senate in 1980, but they won it back in 1982. They lost it in the Reagan wave. They didn't even come, Republicans didn't even come close to winning the House, so it didn't matter. It had been 40 years since that. They could get away with anything. They've gotten away with worse. So they just basically sexually assaulted a waitress. And it became known as the waitress sandwich. It was reported 
several times throughout the ensuing years. Ted Kennedy and Chris Dodd were reelected multiple times during those years. And like the consequences for sexually assaulting a waitress who was, uh, at least according to one account, was not a particular fan of this, was in tears. The consequence was nothing. The consequence was nothing. There's no consequence for these guys. Ted Kennedy died while still a United States senator. Suppose that's a consequence. And afterwards, you know, his consequences were sitting there waiting for him. But Chris Dodd, he retired, got a nice cushy job. I don't know if he's still in that job. He's pretty old, but he's still around Washington. Made a ton of money. The consequences were nothing. What what became of the waitress? I don't know. What became of the waitress you had at a dinner 10 years ago? Do you know? Unless she turned out to be a famous celebrity or something. Nothing. You don't know. Doesn't matter. She's been lost to history. The story hasn't. And still, by the way, Ted Kennedy is lionized. Oh, he's a, he's a lion of the Senate. If lions sort of, you know, sexually assault women. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe that was an inside joke. He's the lion of the Senate. Why do you call him the lion of the Senate? Well, because lion, male lions, in the pride, they just, like, rape everybody. Oh, that's interesting. I get it now. Wink and a nod. Doubt it, though. Doubt it. It's a sick world that we live in. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going. A lot of crime. I want to play you this clip from Gavin Newsom, governor of California, governor hairdo out there in California. And uh, you sit there and you go, California, you couldn't do any better than this. And you realize it's California. No, they they couldn't do any better than this. The next governor is going to be like Scott Weiner out of San Francisco. It's just there's nowhere to go but down for California. I was promised as a child that whole state was going to fall into the ocean, right? Now they even stopped making the promise. But uh, Gavin Newsom was on a video chat, a Zoom call, with a whole bunch of uh, leftists. They're doing a conference with mayors out there for publicity. These mayors don't need to talk to the governor. It's ridiculous. But they do this because they, they want the video out there because then it can seem as though they're caring. Most of what politicians do throughout the course of the day is pretending to give a damn, pretending to care, pretending to do this, pretending to do that. And so this this one was about mental health. They're going to do a Zoom call about mental health with governors out there. And Gavin Newsom, at the start of it, before they're all on there, before it officially gets going, one of the participants filmed it with their phone so that's why the audio seems a little bit. The mayor of, uh, what city is that? She's laughing. She's having a, a good old time. Of Riverside, Cal. Mayor Locke Dawson. That's her name, Locke, L-O-C-K. Locke Dawson. And then Mayor Dyer. I don't know what city that is, but uh, he's laughing too. And Mayor Khan, don't know what city. They're laughing. They're having a, a grand old time at the governor's story about watching a target get ripped off. <laughs> like, what are they talking about? Yeah, no, they're talking about that. They're talking about a target being ripped off, and they're laughing about it. Now, you got to remember, Gavin Newsom changed the threshold for felony charges from, I think, uh, $300 worth of uh, merchandise stolen to $950. Now, why would they do that? Well, because Democrats all believe that everybody in prison is innocent, sweet, nourishing, and just one hug away from getting their lives together, and they were denied hugs, and that's why they didn't like blah, blah, blah. 
Not that anybody's just an opportunist. Not that anybody said, well, I could get a legitimate job or I could just steal stuff. Stealing stuff is easier. Nope. It's all society's fault. So they said we have too many people in prison. Not that too many people are breaking the law. It's that we have too many people in prison. So we'll raise the threshold. Well, triply, you have to basically steal $1,000 worth of stuff to even be considered to be in felony territory. Now, you add this, and Gavin Newsom doesn't seem to understand this when you hear this clip. You add this to a George Soros prosecutor like George Gascon in Los Angeles, or I guess he was yeah in Los Angeles, or any of the other prosecutors in San Francisco or Oakland who then say we are not really going to vigorously pursue quality of life crimes, victimless crimes, things like because we too believe and recognize that there are far too many people and particularly people of color. And so rather than, I don't know, try to deal with the root causes of that, which might have something to do with the failed education system that teaches kids that they're victims and will never get ahead because society is rigged against them rather than how to read or write, never going to entertain the idea that that might be a bigger factor in that. They don't want to address that because why? Because well, the unions fund them. The teachers' unions fund them. You point that out. The teachers' unions might not write you that big of a check. It'd be problematic. So they uh, they don't prosecute people who have over a thousand dollars worth. They get stuck with you. Really, to be prosecuted for shoplifting, you have to, I don't know, steal the whole store. Then maybe, or be a straight white guy. They'll probably go throw the book at them. But otherwise, they're not interested in prosecuting for shoplifting. Well, guess what happens when you don't prosecute for shoplifting? It started with the tripling of the amount of money to qualify for a felony. And then it continued with the we're not going to pro prosecute people under this. We're too many people. We have too many people incarcerated. Overcriminalization, mass incarceration, blah, blah, blah. Well, that brings people in with duffel bags into the stores and just going, let's sweep the shelves. Let's take everything. They're never going to catch us. They're not. Companies have this weird policy, thanks to ridiculous civil liability. They have this policy that don't try to stop a shoplifter because if they get hurt, they'll sue. We'll fire you if you stop a shoplifter, blah, blah, blah. Like there's really no barrier to entry and there is no real punishment for committing these crimes least in this life. So why the hell not? Let's go forward with it. And you sit there and you go, how does this happen? Well, that's how it happens. So Gavin Newsom took his, I assume he was going to get some mousse or some Aquanet or some kind of hairspray or something over at Target. He says that he was, he walked out with like 370 bucks or 380 bucks is what he ended up spending at Target. So who knows? Probably a lot of hair. If anybody could spend that much money on hair products, it would be Governor Hairdo. But he witnessed somebody walking out with a whole bunch of stuff and not paying. And he was confused by the concept. Now, how long? We're looking at years now, at least since the start of COVID, that these videos have been circulating of people. Usually they started, I think, they got more brazen when they were wearing masks and everybody was forced to wear masks. But then masks went away and people were like, <laughs> No consequence. You can tell who I was anyway. Doesn't matter. Let's go rip off the CVS. It has only continued. 
And all we see is video after video after video of this. And that's why the American people are like concerned about crime. And Governor Hairdo doesn't seem to have any damn idea that this phenomenon is going on. He was floored by the idea. And so he also doesn't seem to know about prosecutorial discretion, which is a bit weird for a former prosecutor up in San Francisco. The audio is a bit difficult to hear. I've tweaked it as best I can with the software I have. But so you can make it out. But if you're wondering why the quality is poor, it's somebody filming it with their phone. Uh, because if you hit the record button on your computer, then everybody gets a notification that so and so is now recording this. And then you could, if you're outraged by it and it gets out, they'll know that it came from you. So they can't say who this came from. But anyway, here's here's the governor of California shocked about what he saw at Target. Says, sir, uh, you dropped this. And he comes back, picks it up, and He's walking out. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out. He didn't pay for that. I said, well, why are you stopping? She goes, oh, the governor. Swear to God, true story. Oh, my mom's great. The governor lowered the threshold. There's no, there's no, there's no accountability. There's no, I said, that's just not true. And she, I, she got, I said, we have the 10th toughest, $950, the 10th toughest in America. She doesn't even know what I was talking about. By the way, it's the 10th toughest in America. Look it up. No one gives a damn about right. that. And I said, it's just not true. There's still stop. He said, well, we don't stop them because of the governor. And then she goes, she looks at me twice and then she freaks out. She calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? And it was, you know, $380 later. And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Well, not fair. Not fair. Not fair. Not fair. It's not the poor. Yeah, Gavin Newsom is the victim here. See, Gavin Newsom doesn't seem to understand. $950, that's the threshold. Okay. Yeah, that's the legal threshold. Doesn't matter where it ranks in relation to the other states, Governor. If nobody's prosecuting over it, it could be $5. It could be $5 million. Whatever you have, if nobody's being prosecuted because these progressive Soros-funded prosecutors are saying, we're sending far too many people of this configuration and that configuration to prison, it doesn't matter where the threshold is. You could have, you have laws against murder, yet people murder, right? You have laws against stealing, yet people are stealing doesn't matter where you set the threshold. If there is no prosecution at the other end of it, it doesn't matter. He doesn't seem to understand that. I don't know how he doesn't seem to understand that. They've had prosecutors, major prosecutors. I think Chesa Boudin in San Francisco was uh, successfully recalled. San Francisco is his hometown. He was successfully recalled because he exercised his prosecutorial discretion to excuse a whole bunch of what they always say is quality of life crimes. Not quality of life. What they You don't prosecute them. The quality of life goes down. That's what it is. Victimless. No, Target is just a faceless. They've got insurance. It's that sort of mentality. Well, it's a problem. Don't you think you should, those people should be prosecuted? If you recognize, if people begin to recognize that there's really no consequence for shoplifting, you're not going to be prosecuted for shoplifting. Most people still wouldn't go and shoplift, but a hell of a lot of people who wouldn't go and shoplift normally 
would go and shoplift. Like the only thing stopping me is I don't want to go to jail. Oh, wait, you've removed that? There are people who won't do it for moral reasons. There are other people who are like, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want the criminal record, whatever. You remove that, guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? They're going to go, all right, what the, what the hell? Why not? Let's go to it. Let's go do this thing. You have to have lived inside a refrigerator box with no news that could possibly contradict your worldview to not know this. And this is the governor of the state. This is the governor of a state that we've seen people. Does he not realize the number of attacks on elderly Asian people that have been plaguing San Francisco and Oakland, California? Is he aware or not aware of the drug problem and needle problem and the human feces problem all over the state of of uh, or the city of San Francisco. He has to be aware of the fecal problem because in his debate with Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis held up the poop map and it was all here's San Francisco and everywhere there is reports of human feces. He has to be aware of that. And maybe he's just so incurious he never bothered to ask staff to follow up on that. But the state did clean up the city of San Francisco, when Xi Jinping came to town for the big APAC summit. So he has to be aware of the fact that you know, we moved all the junkies. I doubt Gavin Newsom said, junkies? What junkies? Is there a junkie problem somewhere in the state I'm unaware of? Yeah. Will ignorance, whether naturally occurring or willful, is still ignorance. And that's Governor Hairdo out there in California. And, you, of course, you hear all the Democratic mayors go, oh, yeah, no, totally. Oh, man, it's unfair. It's unfair that some people get to walk out and some people don't. Well, Governor, you don't go anywhere without security. Your security, I believe, are you know an elite group of California state troopers. And if I'm not mistaken... California state troopers are empowered in the state of California to enforce California law. You could have easily sent one of your security detail after the guy walking out with the giant bag of stuff of Target. Why didn't you do that, Governor? Why didn't you do that? Nobody asked him that question. None of these mayors asked him that question. He'd probably be afraid of being cut off from state funds if they asked that question. But that's a, that, I find, is a very interesting question, don't you? Okay, that's about enough for today, don't you say? I say it is. So go about your weekend, man. Friday is upon us and over. Don't forget about the Weekend F and Review. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Support the program. Help me. Feed my starving children who won't go to bed and all that good stuff. Patreon.com, the Weekend F and Review will be up at midnight. The signed book contest is going on. All the good stuff there. Check it out. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next time.